This episode of Let Fear Bounce is brought to you by Creative Edge Publicity. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is your host, Kim Langley, and I am so happy that you are spending just a small portion of your day with myself and my guest. My guest today is Jesse Sternberg. He is a mindfulness teacher, meditation instructor, and master dog trainer. He is the founder of the Peaceful Alpha Project and has been working with animals for more than 30 years. He comes to us from Toronto, Canada, and he is also the author of the Enlightened Dog Training book. And I, was, I have been so excited because I know a lot of you listeners, if you're regular listeners, what a dog lover I am. So I was so excited to have Jesse come on board with me today on Let Fear Bounce. Jesse, thank you so much for joining me today. Kim, thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. We try and have fun anyway. We talked off mic very briefly. I said, you know, what a, what a dog lover I am. And uh, my dogs have all been rescue dogs and such. How did you get into being a dog trainer and, and your project that you've got that I mentioned here in your bio and the Enlightened Dog Training book? Where did that journey begin? Um, so I want to say 15 years ago. I had a white light spiritual awakening experience. I was practicing yoga. It was new to me. And I was meditating after. And I just, I turned into a ball of white light. It's never happened again. <laughs> but man, it changed me for three days. For three days, I, I had inner peace for the first time in my life. I had love in my heart for the first time in my life. I just all I knew is that was new and I needed more of that and give me some of that. Okay. So a slow pivot away from the corporate world into a more mindfulness capacity uh, started happening just naturally. And one day I just found myself going, you know what? I'm going to start a passion business. I'm going to do what I love. If I'm doing what I love and I'm offering service, how can I mess that up? That was literally a quote from Deepak Chopra. I took it to heart <laughs> and I opened up a dog daycare. Okay. It wasn't a dog training. It wasn't a dog uh, grooming, but I put dog grooming, dog training and dog daycare on the windows just to get around zoning bylaw in, in Ontario. <laughs> okay. And it's like that old thing. When you make the word, the power of the word. I was really into mindfulness, as I said, and I spent, no joke, 10,000 hours in a meditative state over a 10-year period looking after, you know, 40 new dogs every single day. It was awful for business. A customer would come in and 40 dogs would start barking and I would, I would, my stomach would drop and I would be thinking to myself, who would want to do business here? Listen to this, listen to this crowd. <laughs> Around the same time, I was experimenting with just about every dog training method I could get my hands on. Stuff I was reading, stuff I was watching on YouTube, watch, uh, going and seeing Caesar Milan live. Um, plus, I was really into consuming spirituality and esoteric texts because I needed to know what that white light situation was about. Fast forward a couple of years and I had a, my first Eureka moment. I was in my daycare. The dogs were way louder than they were supposed to be. 
I think it had been raining for a couple of days. And so our business was booming. Nobody wanted to walk their dog in the morning and they were dropping off dogs left and right. And I saw, I saw dogs talking to each other. I saw them using body language with each other. Specifically, they were doing calming signals, which is basically like if you're into baseball and you're on first base and you look over to third base and the, and the, and the, the third base coach is just like doing all kinds of random stuff. Well, that's what dogs do with each other. And they're never not doing it. They're doing it when they're resting. They're doing it when they're laying down. They're doing it when they're yawning. They're doing it when they're licking their lips. Pretty much everything they do is a calming signal. And I had this like, oh my God, I see it happening. I see Spike wanting to keep his tennis ball. And I see the little chihuahua coming up to Spike, licking his lips, walking in a curve, putting his head down. And he's saying to Spike, hey, bro, don't worry. I'm not going to steal your tennis ball. And then I see Spike. I see Spike doing a little bit of eye contact and blink and Spike's being like, I don't care. It's mine. (laughs) And uh, that began like a ton of experiments that I started running in my dog daycare. I wanted to apply what they were applying on one another. I wanted to be able to be like, guys, we got a customer right now. Shut up. Or guys, I need to vacuum the floor right now. Can you stop attacking it? Like it's, you know, an intruder. And I didn't want to bribe them with treats. I just wanted to behave in a way that made them behave. In one of my experiments, I took a hot dog and I microwaved it and made it smell really juicy. And I shut all the doors and all the windows so no one could see what I was doing. And I walked around with this hot dog on a plate. And then I put it down and I claimed it like Spike was going to claim that tennis ball. I used what I call now the forbidden angle. In nature, every single animal understands and appreciates what I call the forbidden angle. The forbidden angle is simply when you look directly into another sentient being's eyes and you don't blink. Humans have sort of messed that up because they teach their children to reach their hand out and shake a stranger's hand. And we don't pay attention to what the kid's feeling when that's happening. And long story short, the forbidden angle is used righteously by nature. And that's the only time it's used. And the reason why it's used is because it generates such a strong feeling of contrast. So I used this forbidden angle and I used my little hot dog experiment. And I'm telling you, I had another eureka moment because now I had 40 dogs respecting me instantaneously like I was some kind of jungle cat that they didn't want to mess with and I wasn't being aggressive I was just tapping into what they already know what's really cool about calming signals once you get into them and I write about them a lot and I've got pictures of them on my website and I've got a dog dictionary that I give away to you know on my website for free all of these signals are a way of relating the opposite of what the forbidden angle relates it's a way of saying hey i'm being peaceful another option is hey could you please be peaceful you're sketching me out and then the final option is alert alert everybody something sketchy is happening okay so when your dog's making these calming signals they're only saying one of those three things and what's amazing is 
we don't tap into that at all. In fact, we are so oblivious to that that it gets frustrating for our dogs who expect us to be the dominant species and like, yo, bro, I've been telling you that you've been sketching me out for the last three minutes and you keep reaching at my face and staring at my face because I'm so cute. I can't take it anymore. You're giving me neuroses. (laughs) (laughs) What instantly starts happening when we bring some awareness to this language and some emotional intelligence to our own behaviors. Oh, I know he's so cute. Oh, wait a minute. I shouldn't be staring at him because it means that that's what I mean by emotional intelligence. Okay. Some restraint, some discipline. You rewire the relationship really fast. Your dog shifts out of, I love you, but I don't respect you into, okay, I respect you. I respect you. You appreciate how I feel. And it takes a minute, right? To, to start to you're in a relationship with something. It takes more than a minute to start to learn their their nuances. But this opens up doors, let me tell you, because every single thing that your dog does that's annoying, lunging, jumping, whining, chewing your shoes, chewing your underwear, chewing the baseboards, not listening, being anxious. We don't need to do behavioral modification for this anymore. What we need to understand is underneath these behaviors are two kinds of feelings that suck. Way too excited, a little bit scared. Obviously, as like a human who I can relate to that, when I got anxiety or I've got some fear in me, I want that emotion out of my body as fast as possible, so fast that I'm not even thinking about what I'm going to do. Okay. And so if I'm at the family gathering with, the parents and the aunts and the uncles and the sisters and I come across as a little bit crabby because it's now two days into it that's exactly what your dog is doing when it's barking and lunging on the leash it's saying you know what I know what's coming down the pipe here you're going to stress me out so I'm just going to lash out to control the situation so after 10,000 hours and thousands of dogs and thousands of clients that I've worked with I've come to see wow your dog doesn't just look like you, it actually thinks like you. And you don't even know that you're thinking like this. So I decided it would be amazing, amazing, fully aligned gift to humanity to write a book that was engaging um, and simple to understand. I made a case study for every chapter with a regular person, regular dog, regular problem. And we get to see how these behavioral quirks that all of our dogs have are actually our own reflection. And it's really exciting because people are reading it and they're going, that is just common sense. Wow, thank you. (laughs) You just changed my life. That's awesome. And, you know, as I'm listening to you talk, I think some people innately are just more in tune with animals than others. I just think that they are. Uh, I know with my dogs, since they're rescue dogs, you know, they were, they were all rescues. I give them that time, you know, to adjust because they've got to learn me. I've got to learn them, what they're fearful of, what they like, what they enjoy. I've just always been able to me personally, to be in tune with the dogs that I've had. And I feel very blessed that I've been able to do that. 
And then in turn, they become very in tune with me. Now, I, I live with PTSD. And so I experience anxiety and depression and at times a random flashback. And that'll stop me in my tracks. And my dog currently, the dog that I have now and the dog that I had previously before I had to say goodbye, would seem to sense that before it happened. So they'd give me nudges. My other dog would come and nudge me with his head. And he was a big boy. He was a very large dog, 105 pounds, real tall, long, lean. He would come and nudge me. So it'd be like, all right, mom, I know I, I can feel it coming. Pay attention to me now. So they would, he would help me refocus. That's it, so cool. It was just the most amazing thing. It, truly. So what's, what's really awesome to me um, is that the, the language of the animal kingdom is so sophisticated. It's designed so that the actions that are being made create feelings. And it's not a language of words. It's a language of feelings. Mm -hmm. So dogs are unbelievably sensitive empaths. And that's the idea behind my book is become, so it's enlightened dog training, become the peaceful alpha your dog needs and respects. And I go into body language that I have literally stolen from the silverback gorilla who is aloof and gentle and benevolent and in tune so and and masters the power of touch and silence and skillful action so that he is literally making actions that bring emotions of love and this is where it gets pretty cool is because love is not love in the animal kingdom is a is a much more righteous expression of than what we think love is love is truth love is justice love is protection love is safety so it's not just i'm gonna snuggle my dog and give him love in fact there's a wrong way to do the snuggle love because that's a reinforcer anytime we're okay so your dogs where i got excited about this is is of course your dogs are nudging you your emotionals your chemistry shifted mm -hmm. And they're so present moment based that when they're boss and they're unity consciousness based. So they don't have an ego. They don't have language. What they do is they, they have a personality, but they also merge with your consciousness, which means it's totally possible for you to merge back with their consciousness and tap into that so that they, no wonder they're in tune with you. Right, like for tens of thousands of years, the farmer plowing the field and moving the cattle and protecting the granary, he wasn't giving commands or sign language things to the dog. The dog was like, yo, I got to go now. I know what you need. And that state, that state exists with our dogs, but we want, we don't even know about it. And we don't even know how awesome it feels when we tap into that. I am absolutely loving hearing everything you're saying because it's... <laughs> Because I've always felt that with my dogs. And, you know, sometimes if I share something like that, I'll be like, well, you know, Dexter did this and or I noticed this about Dex. And sometimes folks look at me like, you know, it's a dog. I'm like, no, you would be wrong. <laughs> you know, because I am very in tune with this current dog I have. I got him three years ago from the shelter, took him three months to just settle. And then his personality started to come out a little bit. 
but I was very, very conscious of how he felt and how he acted each day because I could almost, and I'm, I'm a very empathetic person. So I could feel how he was feeling and I'm like, all right, I'm going to leave him be. Don't do the direct. It was just, it all kind of comes naturally to me. Don't do the direct eye contact thing, you know? So I think I, I feel even more blessed now listening to you because I'm thinking, oh, that's a natural thing with me and the dog. So how awesome is that? And that you're able to share that in a book so millions and millions of people can finally learn about it and understand it and not think that people like me are crazy. <laughs> well, that's the, you are, people like you and me are crazy and we're well, always going to be, are, little, embrace we're always, but... <laughs> always be a little bit crazy, but I don't come off like that in the book. I, I what we talk about shouldn't sound woo-woo or foo-foo or dog whispery. It should be accessible to everybody. I just want to clarify, even though this angle is forbidden, there are moments where you earn respect and power by using it, okay? And this is going to blow your mind because let's say, and I've had PTSD, I've worked through my PTSD and I'm a parent pleaser and I'm a people pleaser. And guess what? In the beginning, I used to be a dog pleaser because who you are in your life is who you are with your dog, okay? And it was not easy doing my experiments on my own dog. If I'm going to take a juicy piece of bacon and I'm going to put it on the, on the plate on the floor and I'm going to go into the forbidden angle on purpose to claim the asset, it's a little bit hard on my heartstrings at first. Just saying no, just setting the boundary, just setting the limit on that. Like people don't even realize until I ask them to do it, how hard it is for them to like emotionally set that limit on their dog. What's great though, is that your dog's always gonna do something predictable. Your dog's not a narcissist. Your dog's not gonna emotionally sabotage you to manipulate you. Your dog is gonna look at that authentic challenge, that authentic expression that you're saying, and he's gonna go, he's gonna do four things in a sequence repeated every time. He's gonna move away. He's going to stand still. He's going to sit down. He's going to lay down. Then he's going to put his chin on the floor. I call that the sequence of surrendering. And that's an, a way for anybody to, yeah, I mean, man, memorize that sequence. When your dog is going into doing any of those shifts, it means you can trust your dog instantly. It means your dog's emotional state is relaxing. It means they're becoming non-threatening. They're becoming vulnerable. Okay. It's a great time to praise your dog by giving them a piece of the the treasure that you're guarding anyway when their chin goes on the floor that's what you're saying that's how i want you to be around me guess what this is exactly the same as telling someone you're in a relationship with no telling somebody that you're a people pleaser to that knows you as a pleaser hey i don't think that's going to work okay you would be surprised that when you're trying to set those boundaries with people that you don't look them in the eye that use a posture that communicates total weakness and lack of confidence and that you've got your anxiety beating in your chest a million miles a minute, okay? Guess what? Going through these training systems with your dog and becoming the peaceful alpha that they need and respect is going to change you. It's going to absolutely transform you into someone who has worked through those in your personal life too. People are going to start respecting you, 
they're going to start trusting that your actions are always benevolent and loving. You're going to earn all kinds of cool respect that way. Um, because once you, who you are with your dog is going to be who you are in the rest of the world. So this is just such an fully aligned book for my soul because I love animals. I love people. I have borderline autistic emotional sensitivity. Like I didn't even know that about me growing up that I could feel these things and that it wasn't just things everybody felt. That's interesting um, that you said that and how you worded that. Thank you. Thank you. What, what did you like? About I, re it? I resonate. I res I can relate to that statement <laughs> that I think I used to, I remember when I was younger, I would often trying to explain how I feel so strongly about something. And it was just, Kim, you just have to settle down, just calm down. And I'm, you know, and now as an adult, years and years later, I still feel just as strongly about whether I see an injured deer out in my oh. field, but I'm like, how can I possibly help? Maybe I could put some food out there so they're not struggling to at least eat, you know, things like that. And it's always been surrounded with nature. I am so much more calm yeah. when I'm outside. Yeah. And whenever I'm outside, I've always got my dog with me. We're always out in the field in the woods, you know, Whenever I can get out there and we're out there, we go. And I'm fortunate to live where I do. So I have that accessible right off my back deck, you know. That's amazing. But invite me I, over. <laughs> I can just <laughs> yeah. my I just have um I've always had very, very strong emotional feelings with nature and with animals. I'm often putting words in my dog's mouth, saying if you had words. I firmly believe this is what you're trying to tell me, you know, and that's, and I've even written stories. I write a lot of stories about conversations I have with my dogs. They will one day be a book. That's the title of my next book, by the way, Conversation with Dog. Oh, really? <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. See, I'm not the only one. So what people who have dogs can take away from what you're saying right now is when our feelings shift, what is it actually saying to our dog? Because remember, the dog's language is actions that make feelings. They feel the feelings. Okay. So let's get really simple because humans have such a spectrum of emotions and animals do too, but animals don't have words. They don't, they're not going, oh, that's just joy. Oh, no, 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 that's ecstasy. Or, you know, like they're not labeling it, okay? With dogs, it's like very few buckets. Feels bad. Feels bad, feels scary. Feels bad, feels scary. Both of those things, they mean stop. They mean don't move. They mean like, okay, you got a mama raccoon. You got three baby raccoons. Mama raccoon takes the family underneath the dumpster and says, guys, I'll be back in a half an hour. Don't leave. Well, she, how does she say that? She makes like she's leaving. As they follow her, she snaps into the forbidden eye contact in the perfect moment, coming out of a calm, aloof state. And the context of the situation is, oh, okay, it's not safe to leave right now. Okay. And then the mom does a couple of other actions to establish, can I trust that you received that? Okay, great. So now we've got the technique, okay? So it doesn't mean you're being mean. 
-hmm. when you make that feeling anymore. That takes some processing. That takes some skill to be able to generate that, get the result, and then flip it off. So where I think humanity is evolving into is into being able to generate feelings like animals do to communicate, to enhance communication, to deepen connection. When we do this without thinking about it, our dogs don't care. If we are suddenly, if we're walking our dog, it's the most peaceful walk ever. And because a human can see a squirrel or something that's gonna scare your dog, six times further away than your dog can. And we don't think that way. Our dog with their unity consciousness sees us shift from feeling joyful into feeling, I'm gonna call it stressed. Oh man, my my mom's feeling scared right now, okay? You don't even know you're feeling scared. What you know, you don't even know that you're winding that leash up around your hand, tightening it up because you don't trust your dog. Well, when you don't trust your dog, you're shifting into, out of calmness, okay? You're create. Well, of course, your dog's gonna go. Oh, my mom's scared. Why? Oh, she's scared of that thing. Okay, I'm gonna get that thing away from us. And then, while our dog's lunging and doing that, we're saying, "Oh no, no, no! Oh, okay. honey, don't do that, honey! Don't do that!" Because we're so embarrassed and we're trying to like make it look like all we're doing is sending love into our dog when our dog is doing the protecting behavior. Well, now we've pretty much had a conversation with them the whole walk saying, hey, buddy, I like it when you protect me. And by the way, I get scared. In dog language, we would never walk towards something in a straight line. Walking towards something in a straight line is a way of embodying that forbidden angle. It's a way of making that feeling of contrast stronger. So what a dog would do is it would walk towards something in an arc. And you can observe this next time. It's not going to be a fancy arc. It can be anywhere from a very, very, very subtle arc but the eye contact is not looking in the straight line while it's approaching, or it could be a very slow, deliberate arc, uh, semicircle. Why? Because they don't want to go to the other dog's face. They want to go to the other dog's butt. They want to they cognize the other dog through their number one sense, which is their nose. And since it's confrontational going head on, how cool is this? It is the opposite of confrontational going to the back. How enlightened is that? You don't even need a word. That's right. just understood by nature. Yeah, you were talking about the raccoons and the babies. Groundhogs do the same thing. Every animal. I've every said, animal. You know, I only say groundhogs because every year I have a family of groundhogs and I watch them, you know, and see how they interact and how the mom, you know, the different types of chirps that she uses to call them back or say, hey, danger, danger, because my dog is a danger to them. He has has a crazy high prey drive. (laughs) Right. Because that's just him. That, you know, it's his natural. He's a dog. He's He's an outdoor dog. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm used to it. I have, I call my carcass carrying gloves that I keep on my, in my mudroom. He's so proud. He's so proud to get you that that too. (laughs) Oh, he is. He is. Incredibly proud. And I, I actually always say, you know, great job we're not bringing it in, let's just leave it here so I can relocate it. <laughs> but yeah, he usually, he will be done with it. And then he sits very tall and very proud beside it. Very regal, very, right? Oh yeah, and I'll be like, look at you, regal man, regal man. 
Yes, tall and proud. And I'll be like, look at you, you are big stuff, you know? And then he likes to pick that, it up and bring it to me, you know, tail that vibe. When our dogs are in that vibe, that is the divine vibration. We don't taste that enough ourselves. I agree. When was the last time you lived authentically and just found yourself sitting down with a posture that you were so proud in and so gentle and like everything is perfect because you know it in your bones. That's another thing that's shifting for humanity. We're 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 evolving into that. As we speak, I'm seeing it everywhere and I'm tasting it. In fact, I want people who have, I want people who are into mindfulness and who love dogs to follow my path that I outlined in my book so that they can taste that. I'm a dog trainer and I'm passionate about dogs, but guess what? That passion doesn't hold a candle to that feeling that you just described, which is our, our birthright, which is the opposite of the fear state, which is the opposite of what we're in right now for two years in this COVID state. Guess what? We can get that. I go out and I get that for me every day and I work on that, but that took a consciousness shift for me. I turned the TV off. I stopped watching the news. One of the biggest principles of my enlightened dog training is that energy has momentum. When you get your dog into a calm groove, the best thing that you can do is keep them in that groove at least 17 seconds. Don't get all hitty gibbity excited that they just finally calmed down. Don't think you're being such a good dog owner because you're talking to your dog like this. You're just conditioning them to get excited. Right. Excited makes you happy, but it's fake. The excitement that your dog is feeling there is, is stressful. When was the last time you went on a roller coaster and slowly went up, tick, 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 and felt that excitement and actually liked it? Like, no way. No. I liked that as a kid. But what I like now is a deep groove of calmness, a deep groove of peacefulness. And, and since I know that my dog is always communicating to me by not looking at me on purpose, I just glance over. I know he's looking. I know he knows where I am. I know he's not looking at me. And I go, great, we're talking. Okay, yeah. this is good. That's so interesting. I've noticed it, but I never really attributed it to the conversation part where, you know, doing the whole, are they right? at you? Glance at, glance at the dog, glance away. Glance at the yeah. dog, glance away. A new and angle. he does, my dog Dexter does that to me. And in the evenings, he lets me know, he, you know, he's so in tune with the clock, but he knows, all right, hey, it's couch time. You're supposed to, you're supposed to be sitting here because I'm supposed to be laying beside you. And sometimes he'll sit and lean because he's a big dog and lean like he's a person and he'll be looking at me. And as soon as I turn and look at him, he'll be like, Hey, that's, that's, that's the symphony of calming signals. You turn to look at him and he turns to look away. You go into the forbidden line and he moves away from the forbidden line. And then you move away and he moves in mm -hmm. every single gesture. Now this is exciting. Obviously I just got excited because when you're really lazy, and you don't even have the energy to look away because you're so calm, you do one of these, which is I call the slow blink. Or you do one of these, which is the lip lick. I'm too lazy to look away. I'm just going to do this. And if you're staring at them too long, they're going to be do this one, which is a yawn. Stop looking at me. 
And so now what I do is I do, I will do it. Hey, dude, calm down. Go into the eye contact and then I'll follow it up by a, oh, a nice big yawn because it's kind of like, bro, I'm in charge of security and you can calm down. Oh. So it's a way of showing that it's a, becoming a hybrid, right? You're becoming mm -hmm. part dog. Yeah. Actually, you're becoming a cat because <laughs> dogs respect cats. Cats, cats have peaceful power around dogs. They don't play games. No, they don't. <laughs> That's awesome. Because now, now I understand. And what? there's a context. There's, there's two unspoken rules to claiming alpha power one is and, and by claiming i'm going to say earning by earning peaceful alpha power you're not going out and dominating this this is your dog looking at the new you going okay you are totally the boss i love you and respect you now okay and it looks different because they don't challenge you they stay a lot calmer the first one way of accumulating this power is to become the protector of your territory. Your dog, it, it, it's so simple, okay? Where are you vulnerable in the house? I'm uh, vulnerable at the front door, I'm vulnerable at the windows, you know, anything. The Amazon man could come through any of those portals and, and take over our cave <laughs> or our den. So it doesn't really, it's not an alpha posture move. The silverback gorilla is not sitting on the couch with his head down while the doorbell's ringing. Silverback gorilla is sitting in a spot in the territory that makes your dog's choice look stupid. Your dog is choosing a spot where he can see the window, see the door. And it's not the front of the door. It's the crack where the door opens, just to be very clear on what spot has the power. I'm always just out of habit now. I'm always sitting in a spot that has super vision. I can see the whole territory. It's natural for me. And I... Just doing that makes my dog be like, okay, I'm not going to lie here on guard anymore. Now I'm going to come and sit by your foot. People, people don't even appreciate the uptick in your dog's pleasure from not feeling stressed about protecting anymore. That's, that's just demonstrating a little bit of presence in your territory. And I go into that in more detail. Well, now then it all just becomes so darn clear to me. I just thought it was really cool how it always worked, how we just kind of ebb and flow with each other. But right. now to actually hear the meaning of it, I'm just sitting there going, this is awesome. Right? It's And it's not woo-woo, foo-foo. Like, it's no. totally easy to understand. It's common sense. I was going to say common sense and paying attention. Now, here's the other secret that I, I write about in my book. How, how the dog will give you the power instantly. Control the resources. You control the resources. You control the energy. Okay. A pack of wolves goes and kills a deer carcass, hunts down a deer, and, and they are not eating it ravenously. Trust me, the boss is eating it first, slowly and calmly, in no rush. And no one has anxiety. Everyone knows when they're going to get it. In fact, they're laying in a semicircle, peacefully, giving the communication, don't worry, boss, we ain't taking it. Okay, so what's a resource? Well, you don't have a deer carcass in your home, but you got things that have a little bit of magnetic power to them, mm -hmm. okay? The tree closet, <laughs> the bone, the Kong, the rope, 
the toy. Yep. I call these things power objects because we all, it could be the sock that you always pull out. It's whatever your dog looks at and can't take his eyes off of and starts getting excited about. Well, that's a resource that you can claim like Spike did with the tennis ball. You do it calmly, always from a place of peaceful power and you're patient because you're teaching your dog a new lesson. Hey, big guy. There's a sheriff in town now. <laughs> <laughs> but every time you do that, it's not going to be the same as the first time you do it. The first time you do it, your dog's like, whoa, who's this guy? I don't like what's happening here. I mean, you can't just do that to me. I'm used to eating the pizza off your plate, buddy. <laughs> what do you do? What do you mean? What do you mean never touch the counter with my nose ever again? When it's funny that you said you know, there's a new sheriff in town because I... The day that I, I got Dexter from the shelter, I started training him in a very mellow, easy, laid back way. And I've trained him in German. So he, and he caught on very quickly, but I was very mellow about it, you know, and he caught on very quickly, but every once in a while, you know, he'll push it. I always say, I'm like, you're, you're pushing it there, bud. And I'll say, do I have to remind you who the queen of this realm is? <laughs> When you, even, even when, I'm like, I am the queen of the realm here, dog. So you know. just just to point out though, I could feel your emotion shift from joy into calm seriousness when you said those words. Calm seriousness isn't a new emotion that you're changing. The dog doesn't understand the words. The dog just understands what you're doing with your emotional intelligence. You're immediately feeling something you don't like inside your body. I don't like that you're not challenging me. And you shift into calm seriousness. Well, that is speaking your truth. If we could do that with people, if we can do that with our dog, we can do that with people. So I've got this article coming out in Yoga Magazine, the biggest yoga magazine in Canada, US, and UK. And it's called Your Dog Is Your Guru. Awesome. And that, that's the essence of it right there. Awesome. Well, this has been an amazing conversation and I could talk to you for a long <laughs> time because as we're, I always take notes as I, you know, chat with my guests and I've got an entire page of notes and questions. So we might have to have you back again sometime. Oh, definitely. <laughs> would love to come back again, Kim. Thank yeah, you so much. This is just awesome stuff. And I appreciate your time and your knowledge and everything that you bring to your passion because it comes through as you're speaking. So thank you so much for sharing that with myself and the listeners today. I appreciate it. Oh, Kim, that was so much fun. Thank yeah. you for having me. I can't wait to come back. Maybe we'll do something on TV. Yeah. Hey, that, there's a plan. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you so much. All of you out there listening. Uh, thanks so much for joining myself and Jesse on today's episode of Let Fear Bounce. And we will see you next time. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed.